RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Jim DeVico. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 356 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and your weekly report from the Star Trek multiverse, recorded live on Tuesday, February 27th, 2018, and available for download or streaming on Friday, March 2nd, at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kenna. And I'm Tony. All right, Kenna, why don't you tell us what we've got coming up this week? Well, this week we trek out the Discovery almost belonged to Netflix, some special Wrath of Khan screenings with William Shatner, a potential TOS episode sequel in TNG, and the truth behind Spock's Vulcan ears. Later we head over to Star Trek Gaming News where we review the latest from Star Trek Online and other games. And as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Captains, you know we love to hear from you between episodes, so please reach out to us. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. We're on Twitter at Priority One Pod. You can even send an email via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Captains, as we've said over the last few weeks, we have hit our Patreon monthly goal. This year alone, we've seen 18 new patrons. Most recently, Dan Brown, Diana Gunther, Matthew Badanchevsky, Shane Hoover, Jay Galloway, Jacob Patterson, and Marty Alley. Captains, as I've said before, we are so very grateful for your ongoing financial contribution of Priority One Podcast, because without you, we can't keep the lights on and we can't keep producing from week to week. Now, of course, we understand that a financial contribution may not be in the cards, but there are other ways that you can support the show. For instance, share it with your friends on social media. A boost like that can go a very long way. And don't forget, of course, to leave us feedback on places like iTunes, and Google Play. Again, Captains, we're so very grateful for your support, and we look forward to this coming year and all the content that we hope to provide. Captains, have you ever thought about working with Priority One? Well, now's your chance. It takes a lot of time and work to compile and edit the show each week, and our dedicated team is stretched a wee bit thin. If you've got experience with audio editing and can spare an hour or two a week, we could sure use your help. If you're interested, we've got a handy form on our website, or just email us at incoming at priorityonepodcast.com. Now let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. Jim, what places? I don't know. Then let's trek it out. What is a Vulcan without pointy ears? Well, we may have found out. In a 1976 audio interview uncovered on Tuesday by Heat Vision, Leonard Nimoy recalls hating the iconic prosthetic Vulcan ears. From the 1976 interview and printed in the Hollywood Reporter article, Nimoy states, quote, in the early stages of developing the makeup before we shot the first pilot, 
We were with the wrong makeup people, and they were making the ears for me, experimentally at first, and they looked really grotesque. And we went through three or four of these sessions. As time got closer to the first day of shooting, I became more and more concerned about the look, end quote. Creator Gene Roddenberry insisted on the ears, but Nimoy continued to protest. Roddenberry promised the star that if, after an unspecified amount of time, the ears were still giving Nimoy problems, they would be, quote, surgically removed in an upcoming script. Lucky for everyone, another makeup artist was brought in that fixed the issues. We provided a link to the interview in the show notes. I love this story. And do you know why? It's because Gene Roddenberry is a genius. Because that's exactly the kind of thing I tell my children. That's right. We'll just we'll try, just try it, for, it now. for now. If you know, mm-hmm. if, if you don't like it in a little while, unspecified <laughs> we'll do amount of time. To, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's genius. Yeah. and of course it paid it paid dividends because I, I really think that that character would not have been nearly so iconic if it didn't have that little visual clue that yeah. this guy is not human. You, legendarily speaking, the other visual clue was going to be that he was going to have red skin. Right. So he was going to be a red-skinned, pointy-eared devil man. Oh, that's right. I'm glad that part didn't make it. That would have been a little over the top. Yeah, too much. (laughs) In a document shared by Twitter user at TrekDocs, producer Rick Berman pitches a Star Trek The Next Generation sequel to the original series episode, A Piece of the Action, to Gene Roddenberry. For those of you that don't recall, A Piece of the Action finds Kirk, Spock, and McCoy beaming down to a planet where its culture has been influenced by... The Book, a historical outline of the Chicago mob of the 1920s. Some memorable moments include Kirk driving a stick shift, the use of Tommy guns, and a new game, Fizzbin. The sequel would have reintroduced the Iotians, where the TNG crew find, quote, they have perverted the ideals and purpose of Starfleet, of course, combining it with the morality of the Chicago mob ultimately leading to jeopardy, end quote. While the idea is certainly interesting, it's also fun to read how Berman hoped to convince Roddenberry to go forward with the script. Quote, here's one you'll likely reject. It's actually been around a while, but now we've established on our own merits. I don't feel we need to fear the old Star Trek syndrome so much. If you buy in, it will provide the highest ratings of the season, end quote. He ends the correspondence with, quote, I dare you. End quote. Links to the memo will be in our show notes. I would have watched this. <laughs> That's a great way to end a memo. I'm going to start using that at work, I think. Yeah. I, I dare, dare you. you. Do you know what's funny about this story, actually? I'm going to start using that with you guys. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not 12, and I'm not an executive producer in Hollywood, so it, it's not going not gonna to work. Do you know what's funny about this story is that, I don't know if you guys remember, this is way back in 2016 at STLV, on the Roddenberry stage in Quark's Bar, when we did... Stand by, don't hail me. <laughs> this was one of the questions. Do you remember? Oh, it yeah, was yeah. Failed Star Trek Online plots. Yes, failed Star Trek Online plots. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. was a, That's right. It no. was a, the, one of the answers, one of the fake answers was that Star Trek Online was going to do the sequel to a piece of the action. <laughs> Which I still think they somebody should do this. This is brilliant. I mean, you know, go back to, you know, combine Starfleet with a Chicago mob. I mean, I love this. Yeah. And it would give the Star Trek Online people a reason to put in hats, which is something that's been missing uh, True. In, into the game that I think. So, uh, yeah. True. I, 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 someone needs to do this. Maybe we'll see it in Discovery. Yeah, no, because it's prequel. No. <laughs> see? Once again, uh, once again, uh, they shoot themselves well, in the although- foot. 
once again. Oh, right, because it's not actually the past. It's a place that's modeled on the past. So. There you go. I gotcha now. All right, well, so moving on to our next story, Mark Hamill, who played the hero Luke Skywalker in some other franchise, apparently, will soon be receiving a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. The announcement, which dropped on February 21st, came as quite a surprise to Hamill, but when he took to Twitter to express his humble thanks, he was trolled by William Shatner. Replying to Hamill on Twitter, Shatner tweeted, quote, Congratulations! By the way, ask for a star on the south side of the street. I'm on the north side and don't want to devalue the neighborhood. Funny smiley face, end quote. To which Hamill replied, quote, Thanks, Bill. It wouldn't be as special without a classic Shatner burn from you. Live long, but get lost. Heart, MH, end quote. The tweets can be found in the show notes. Classic Shatner. Yep. <laughs> classic Shatner. Yep. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, it's it's nice to see that they have a, a, a fun relationship with each other, that they can take jabs at each other that way. Yeah. Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, is arguably the best silver screen representation of our beloved franchise. If you're anything like us, you've seen it countless times. But now you may have the chance to see it in a whole new way. From the Providence Performing Arts Center website, quote, In this unique evening, you'll enjoy a screening of the classic film Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, on the big screen. Following the movie, one of Hollywood's most recognizable figures, William Shatner, will take to the stage to share fascinating and humorous behind-the-scenes stories from portraying the original Captain James T. Kirk in the Star Trek television series and movies, as well as his career spanning over 50 years as an award-winning actor, producer, director, and writer. Fans will also have the chance to ask Mr. Shatner their question during the audience-led Q&A, end quote. According to treknews.net, the tour will stop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Worcester, Mass, Schenectady, New York, Rochester, New York, Providence, Rhode Island, Baltimore, Maryland, Philadelphia, PA, Concord, NH, Newark, New Jersey. Links, of course, will be in the show notes. Elijah, you can go to this thing like four times. That's right. It's actually all up and down the East Coast, and I could go to the Philadelphia one. I could go to the Newark, New Jersey one. I might even drive up to Providence, Rhode Island, and go see it with Jake. You should go to all of them and wear your jacket on each of them and wave your arm around, Mr. Shatner, Mr. Shatner, every single one, and so he recognize you and eventually call on you. What excites me about this is that a whole other round of people is going to get a chance to see the Wrath of Khan on the big screen, because if you remember last year, mm-hmm. around the time of the hurricane, if right. I recall correctly, around October, I think, Fathom Events put on the Wrath of Khan screenings in cinemas for the anniversary, and that was an amazing experience. If you've never seen it on the big screen, I highly recommend going and watching it on the big screen, because it is a completely different experience than watching it on your television at home. Now, it is a great film, regardless of where you watch it, but on the big screen is completely different experience from at home. Highly recommended. So the tickets range, at least in Newark, range anywhere from $39 up to like 200 and something, which is nuts. That is nuts. Let's see if I get to make it to one of these. You better bet your bottom dollar that I'll be using Patreon Lens. CBS Chief Les Moonves spoke this Tuesday at the Morgan Stanley Technology Media and Telecom Conference. And what he said was, well, let's just quote the article and we'll let you decide. From the Variety article, quote, we could have sold it to Netflix for a lot more money, but you can be darn sure all access wouldn't be doing as well. End quote. Moonves goes on to say that customers were willing to pay because Star Trek has, quote, a built-in fan base that was pretty emphatic, end quote. 
Now, of course, he's talking about selling Star Trek Discovery or the rights to Netflix to fully produce it and distribute it. Yeah, I'm glad you did this article because it reminds me to cancel my CBS All Access subscription. <laughs> right. I was about to say that I wonder what the numbers are now that they're seeing Discovery end. And we're not going to see Discovery again until 2019 at the earliest. So what are people going to do? You know, what are people in the U.S. going to be using CBS All Access for? So... That might bring us to a really good community question this week. Captains, have you continued your subscription to CBS All Access? If so, what shows are you watching or what are you looking forward to watching between seasons of Star Trek Discovery? Let us know in the comments section for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com or by replying to our community question posts on Facebook or Twitter. Now let's find out what happened this week in Star Trek Online. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Is there an old ship like the Ferengi Nandi warship that you've been itching for? Or maybe an old limited edition prize that you thought you missed out on, like the Zephram Cochrane shotgun? You have problems? We have solutions. 120.1 DPS worth of solutions. Power. Hold the steel. Unleash the critical hit. Critical damage combo. Bring the critical power. Expose them to the DPS menagerie of pain and terror. It has exposed attack. You want to be as badass as Mirror Zephyrin Cochran? Too bad. It ain't gonna happen. You want his Mirror Zephyrin Cochran shotgun Mark 12 by Cryptech? We can help you with that. Don't forget your friends when you're spraying heated metal across the universe. Mirror Zephyrin Cochran. Well, that and many other retired items are back via the Phoenix Prize Pack, which is on PC for the next week. These special packs are available for 4,500 dilithium each, or 40,000 dilithium for a pack of 10. The Phoenix Prize Pack is character-bound, and opening the pack will reward you with a token of varying rarity. It could be uncommon all the way up to epic. Each token can be used to purchase an item from the Redemption Store, including vanity pets, emotes, duty officers, space and ground equipment, and even Tier 6 ships. These are items that are not usually available in-game. Now, if you don't want to purchase the boxes using Dilithium, that's okay, because during the special event, you can get one box per day for free by visiting one of the Phoenix Prize Pack vendors, that's Grim on Drozana Station or Anna on Deep Space Nine. The Phoenix Prize Pack event is live on PC now through March 8th at 10 a.m. Pacific. Another promotion available this weekend only is a 20% discount on duty officers. Now, while we're on the talk of great deals involving the Zen store, there's an even greater deal, and that's the lifetime subscription sale. If you're interested in getting premium benefits for your account, like extra inventory slots, a higher dilithium refinement cap, a playable Borg or Talaxian, a monthly Zen stipend, and more, then you may want to check out the lifetime subscription sale. The normal price of a lifetime subscription on the PC is $299, but now through April 5th, it's down to just $199. That's over 30% off. Now's the time to buy, Captains. Now, I know that we've said this before, but the lifetime subscription does end up paying for itself in the long run, especially with that that Zen stipend of 500 each month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you spend money already. <laughs> That's true. 
<laughs> I've never had a lifetime subscription and I never intend to. But then again, you know, that's that's just me in the way that I play. Uh, but I know a lot of other people who spend money regularly on things like keys or ships or... Um, you know, anything else, um, even just for dilithium. So if you are one of those people who is putting a, a small amount into the game on a regular basis, you might want to consider a lifetime subscription because it saves you money very quickly. Now, once again, the lifetime subscription sale is going on now through April 5th in the Zen store. And before we move on to console news, we have another Foundry Mission Spotlight by mission author Green Dragoon. Titled In the Shadow of Midas Part 1, you return to the Midas Array after Starfleet sends two ships through the wormhole that was originally used to send messages to Voyager in the Delta Quadrant. The two ships haven't returned, and it's up to your captain to figure out the mystery of their fate. Now for you console players eager to start re-engineering your items, look no further because it's coming. In a blog post introducing the re-engineering system, no launch date has been announced, but you can probably bet that it's right around the corner. And lastly, before we wrap up Star Trek Online and gaming news, here are some events that are happening as we speak. This is just a friendly reminder that Star Trek Online console players can still take advantage of the featured episode replay event, now through March 8th. A link with the details of the replayable episodes and the rewards will be in our show notes. Now switching over a little bit to mobile gaming on your phone or tablet, Star Trek Timelines is having another faction event called War Interrupted. Increase your odds of success by using versions of Garrick, Odo, Dukat, Deanna, Troy, and others for event bonuses. You can also get your hands on a Mirror Shikar. That mean-looking Andorian guy from Star Trek Discovery. Ooh, cool. That's in their resistance pack. Star Trek Timelines is also asking for players to vote on which faction you want the next mega event to focus on. We'll have links to the poll in our show notes. I wonder why Deanna Troy gets you an event bonus for this, like, war thing. So it's I kind of mirror. Get... It's her mirror Deanna. Well, that's it for this week's Star Trek Online news. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Episode 355's community question was, what ship would you like to have printed from Star Trek Online? From Patreon, Shane Hoover says, it's such a hard choice. Right now I'm in love with my T6 Andorian Escort. One thing's for sure, it wouldn't be any ship that I can get from Eagle Moss or any other standard model shop. It'll be an STO original design, likely kit-bashed, and probably with one of the Reputation Shield visuals. Well, now here's the thing about the Reputation Shield visuals, is that that would probably be a paint job. Yes, an expensive one. I don't think that they would be, yeah, a very expensive paint job. And I agree with Shane. I, I have one of the, the toy models, the interactive Enterprise E Sovereigns, that you push the button and you hear Picard saying, Fire quantum torpedoes! All hands, battle stations. My son has that one, too. It's yeah, awesome. so... so it's, it's really awesome, and it's really detailed. And so, uh, yeah, I would definitely get myself something like the Prometheus class, you know, that something something that you can't my Odyssey, easily pick up. Battle, the Battlecruiser, Kenna, Kenna, Battlecruiser. Yeah, my, my Tier 6 Fleet Arbiter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like it. A Vesta variant? Yeah. Vesta. Not so much. It's funny, because I first, <laughs> I first read this comment, and I was like, how can you do a shield on a model? And then I was like, oh, like the... Yeah. yeah, the striping and the coloring and the... Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> it took me a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would like a translucent blue bubble around mine, please. <laughs> would you stuff it inside a balloon and blow it up, fill it with helium? 
from Facebook, Mike Kalustian says, I've been working on a whole lineup of ships to print. First, an Odyssey. Next would be my SciTunes, Vesta. Vesta. I'm now sad that Vestas don't show fleet decals. Lastly would be my TOS Tunes Ranger. I cannot wait for this feature. It's really all our fleet has been talking about. We are all longtime players and take great pride in our starships. Chiyo Umiku writes in, I have a vacation fund that I'm going to tap into to get a painted version of my Vesta class. Vesta Saucer, Rademacher Hull, Vesta Stanchions, and Bridget Nacelles in the Vesta skin pattern. I have a question for you, Priority One. Would you print the USS Prioritas, and what model would it be? Um, I think the Prioritas is actually the Odyssey, I think, right? yeah, it's, it's an, an Odyssey, Odyssey class. class, yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything particularly yeah. fancy about it. No, but I don't like... I'm, I wasn't... I am personally not a fan of the Odyssey class. What? Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan. Maybe, maybe we should crash the USS Prioritas onto a distant planet and get her, get it refit into something else. Paging Counselor Troy, Counselor Troy to the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> it might be time for a new Prioritas. I think it might be time to, to. You're right. Crash the the Odyssey class and and see what new ship we can all agree upon. But make it look like an accident as well, because I don't think uh, Starfleet Command like really approves of that as like a a, a method i think that might be starfleet insurance fraud (laughs) that's why i want that's why we need need counselor troy to the bridge because everybody knows it's just like oh right it's her yeah okay yeah no problem (laughs) we got it we got it i mean i i'm i'm partial to the vesta i'm partial to the prometheus variants one of the prometheus variant not the voyager prometheus stock battle cruiser federation the chimera i mean the chimera is cool but no from Twitter, Jason Smith actually posted a picture of his Tier 5 Temporal Battlecruiser Ranger class, which happens to be named the USS Prioritas. And we'll leave a link to that in our show notes so you can have a look for yourself. Oh, it's one of the, it's one of the older ships. That yeah, yeah, it's that, the, uh, that Jason Smith from the uh, TOS pack. TOS era. Via email, Emerald Spectre writes in, I just finished listening to episode 355 and decided to write in a little. When comparing Discovery to the Orville, the Orville is a vastly better show. My wife and I made it to episode 5 of Discovery, and as a longtime Trek fan, I was disappointed in what was being offered. Having said that, your series wrap-up has made me a little interested to see at least the first season through. Without your wrap-up, I wouldn't have gone back to Discovery at all. It's the first Star Trek I care very little about. Thanks, and keep up the good work. It's probably better as a binge. Go on, Emerald Spectre. Go on and binge it. And then cancel CBS All Access. Honestly, Emerald, thank you. Thank you for the compliment that our discussion inspired you to go back and visit Discovery and, and give it a shot through the end of the first season. That's um, uh, that's awesome. That's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, it, it, Discovery was definitely worth the watch. Um, it's interesting what he said about the Orville. And, of course, we're going to be talking about the Orville for our patrons in our on-screen segment. Um uh, you know, this is not an Orville podcast, but we have opinions about the Orville too. Um, and so we listen like it. out for that. <laughs> Generally speaking, yes, that's true. Well, um, I like it. And just before we move on, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to a really great review that we received on iTunes this month. This comes from Diana M. And she says, you don't have to be a late breaking disco trekkie noob to want to binge every single episode of the Priority One podcast. But if, logically, there's any Trekkie slash Trekker love in your heart, you'll be able to fully appreciate the 1000% effort put forth by the good humans at POP. 
They don't just cover Star Trek news, the latest events, games, and literature. They delve deep when deconstructing plot lines and character arcs to take us, the audience, to places where we have not gone before. Each host has a Starfleet level of dedication slash passion for Star Trek in a way that feels inclusive of those who may only dabble in fandom, while also being reassuring to those who are Borg-level brainwashed by the franchise set a course and engage or follow pop during this very exciting time for star trek and that was a really lovely review thank you very much diana yes thank you it really was thank you so very much and of course we cannot ignore one of our patrons uh david s who wrote in a very lengthy review about star trek discovery uh it is a long one but david will be sure to reply to you via email well that wraps up episode 356 of priority one a roddenberry star trek podcast for more great podcasts like Mission Log, Women at Warp, and The Trek Files, visit podcasts.roddenberry.com. But before we go, we can't forget to send a special thanks to our Patreon supporters, Jim DeVico, Navy Boats Lou, Diana Gunther, Peter Archibald, Star Kicker, David S., and Admiral. Before we go, here's a reminder of our community question this week. If you subscribe to CBS All Access to watch Star Trek Discovery, do you plan on keeping your subscription until Discovery's back on? If so, what will you be watching until then? Now, Captains, you can answer that community question by leaving us feedback on facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast or tweet us via at Priority One Pod. You can also, of course, visit us over at our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Don't miss a thing from the Star Trek multiverse. Catch our episodes every Friday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 11 p.m. Eastern on Facebook. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And if that wasn't enough, you can join us in Star Trek Online in the Priority One Armada. If you're interested, head over to PriorityOneArmada.com and sign up today. Don't forget, every Saturday night, the Armada takes to our Twitch channel, where we review the latest Star Trek Online and Armada news, as well as highlighting some of the amazing members in our fleet. Each week, we team up with you, the viewers, and earn things like reputation marks and dilithium. With regular giveaways, there's something for all STO players, new and old. Follow us on twitch.tv forward slash priority one. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash priority one. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And our latest endeavor, Heroes Rise, brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. Thanks to our audio team, led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Brandon Parker and Jake Morgan, with support from Skiffy and Ben Churchill, along with Midnight Shadow 7 of Holosuite Media. Additional thanks to associate producer Jake Morgan for his ongoing contributions to this show. Thanks to our graphic artist and web designer, Henry Pomper. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to Patreon associate producers, Navy Boats Lou and Jim DeVico. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, 
None of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. And I'm Kenna. Oh, uh, and we have another one. Yeah, and this other guy <laughs> that showed up this week finally. <laughs> you know, it's when it's I not know. in the script. It's, it's not, not in the it's, script. It's not Tony, real. So it's, it's not real. I don't. I don't think you're actually here. That's so calm. I'm gonna go blow my nose while you figure this out. That's 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 nice. Uh, and you were complaining about the uh, volume bleed through my feed. That was amazing. Da, 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 what, da, what I just heard um, there. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sorry about That's that, okay. everybody. <laughs> I'm just listening to Elijah make good radio and commenting oh, on Elijah's good radio. You can actually hear him, too. You're talking yeah. over him, aren't you? Yeah. I'm trying, trying to, to yes. That. I'm trying to drown that yeah. out. Okay. Successfully? Maybe. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, go on. Could you die quietly? <laughs> this is Elijah Trek It Out Sync One. This is Kenna Trick It Trick It Trick Tricky Tricky Uh Sync Two. <laughs> this is Tony Trippin' Sync Three. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Don't know what happened. Hey. That right. was like the <laughs> It was like the podcast equivalent. Yeah. It's a podcast <laughs> equivalent of dot 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 dot. Of what? I'm sorry, I'm super embarrassed now. You know, when you like trip, <laughs> then you try to like act like you like, like it didn't happen. Like, like, I'm fine. Running. And then you end up like crashing into the fountain. <laughs> Huge splash everywhere. Yeah. Look at me, I'm super embarrassed. I'm sorry. Kinda <laughs> 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 hot. <laughs> In a document shared by Twitter user at TrekDocs, producer Rick Berman pitches a TNG sequel to the TOS episode, A Piece of Action, to Gene Roddenberry. For those a that. A piece of the action. Uh, a piece of action. Hey, man, you want a piece of action? I got a piece of action right here. <laughs> that's, that's a whole different episode. <laughs> Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.